Turn with me to 1 Samuel 23. 1 Samuel 23, verse 15. Jesus is one of the most giving people, the most giving person who has ever lived. Uh, He left the throne of glory. He came to this earth uh, to meet our deepest needs. We saw him, we saw God, we saw uh, his love in action as he healed the sick and he raised the dead. And uh, we heard his teaching as the soldier said, no one ever taught like this man taught. Um, And then ultimately Jesus went to a cross and paid the price for sin. Uh, And then he rose again. And the Bible says he's ascended to the right hand of God where he ever lives to make intercession for us. And so Jesus, from beginning to end and even today, is still serving and doing ministry. Uh, Sometimes the ministry is thought of as something just a a pastor does. But I've known... Uh, many Christians over the years that have been good at ministering to other people. And we're all called to minister in some way to the body of Christ. Some of us have been given uh, spiritual gifts of speaking to encourage each other. Others have been given spiritual gifts of serving or helping. uh, And they're more action-oriented gifts. But all of us are called to minister in some way. And I've known uh, some who have ministered. Uh, by cooking a meal. Uh, Others who have ministered, uh, our WOM ladies, they go out and they uh, visit people in their nursing homes. Uh, I know others of you who who go and visit some of our shut-ins. And uh, Ministry is such an important thing. And some of you have ministered in the church itself as you see somebody who's discouraged and you take a moment to listen to them and to pray for them. All of those things are ministry, and they're all important. We need each other in the body of Christ. Uh, God has designed us for community. Uh, So we need the the ministry of others, but we also need to give ministry uh, as God's people. David was going through an especially difficult time in his life. Uh, Saul was trying to kill him, and, and it was a a methodological process. I mean, it wasn't just one time or two times, but Saul continued to come after David with a hatred in his heart that was very great. Um, And David is now hiding out in the wilderness, even being, uh, knowing that those who he had just delivered in the city of Kyla were going to hand him over to Saul Uh, he is at a low point in his life, and he's struggling, and he's discouraged. And his friend Jonathan comes to minister to him. Now, Jonathan is the son of Saul, which makes it all the more remarkable. I I think it's funny that Jonathan, the first time he tries to find David, finds him, but Saul, for all he's trying, can't find David. Uh, But Jonathan comes, and Jonathan strengthens him in the Lord, assures him of his future. This is what God is doing in your life, David. This is what God's going to do. And, uh, and then he just, he is a friend to him. He, he encourages him. And so uh, this scripture, uh, 
uh, is where we're going to be. And it says, uh, the title is Helping the Struggling. Helping the Struggling, the call of every Christian. We're called to help the struggling, and we need to do that in the power of God's Spirit. So look with me at 1 Samuel 23, verse 15. David was in the wilderness of Ziph and Horesh when he saw that Saul had come out to take his life. Then Saul's son Jonathan came to David in Horesh and encouraged him in his faith in God, saying, Don't be afraid, for my father Saul will never lay a hand on you. You yourself will be king over Israel, and I'll be your second in command. Even my father Saul knows it's true. Then the two of them made a covenant in the Lord's presence. Afterward, David remained in Horesh while Jonathan went home. Helping the struggling. How do we help the struggling? First thing we do is go to them. Go to them. It says, Jonathan went to David. Verse 16, he came to David in Horish and encouraged him. Sometimes just your presence can be an encouragement to somebody who's struggling. Um, there are times when I have gone to minister to somebody um, maybe who's going through an illness or, or maybe who's lost a loved one and they're, they're so in their grief that I just kind of sit there or I stand there and, and I don't say anything. Did you know that you don't always have to have words to share in order to encourage someone? Uh, just your presence there can be a powerful encouragement. Sometimes you'll find that you will get encouraged when you go to minister to somebody else. But going to them is so important. Uh, one way you can go to them is by visiting them in their home. Uh, you might call and say, hey, uh, God's laid you in my heart. Uh, could I come over and, and, uh, and speak with you a little bit and pray for you? Uh, and it, as you have that opportunity, uh, as God leads you, minister to that person. Um, one way you can, you can go to that person is by coming to church. Did you know you have a unique opportunity to minister every time you come to God's church? I can remember times I worked on bus ministry when I was growing up. Um, I was about 12, 13 years old. And I can remember sitting next to somebody uh, who had come on the bus with, with me. And I, and I can remember a couple of times leaning over and just saying to them, have you, have you ever begun a relationship with Jesus Christ? They said, no. And I, I went to them right there in church, sitting on a church pew. Yes, you can do that. Uh, and and it, it's, it's amazing. Other times, I've had some uh, a Sunday school teacher share with me a while back. Uh, the people in his, his Sunday school class had come together, and one of their Sunday school class members was struggling. And uh, they just listened to her and encouraged her and then prayed for her as a Sunday school class and took up the whole time. Can I tell you something? That is ministry. And that's what the body of Christ is all about. Uh, so when you come together, maybe you, you notice someone as you come in and they look discouraged. You ever, you ever seen somebody, you know, their face is just kind of downcast. And, you know, how you doing? Wonderful. No, uh, but they, a lot of times people don't say what they're feeling, right? But, but you begin to talk to somebody and you recognize that they're struggling. And maybe you offer 
uh, to pray for them or, or uh, uh, hey, you want to get together and have lunch this week? Whatever it might be. But you, you go to them. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't leave us to ourselves? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The Bible says, uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus chose to come to this earth, to come to us. We beheld his glory. Going to people can be a powerful thing. It may be at your workplace. Now, let me encourage you to spend your work time working for your boss. <laughs> okay, don't... Uh, don't use it as an, Christianity as an excuse to get out of work. But uh, maybe on your break time, you have an opportunity to give somebody a word of encouragement. Maybe share with them a scripture that you saw this, this past week that encouraged you. Or um, maybe share about an answered prayer or something like that. But look for those opportunities to encourage. And as you're doing that, you're going to that person at their point of need and meeting their need. So important. So... Uh, the first way to help the struggling is go to them. Secondly, strengthen them. Uh, it says in verse 16, he encouraged him in his faith in God. Literally, the Hebrew says he strengthened him in God. He strengthened him in God. Now think about this for a second. We're talking about King David. The one the Bible calls a man after God's own heart. And yet David is a, is a, a point in his life where he needs a, a believer to strengthen him. I, I don't care who you are, you will go through times where you need other people. And um, David at this point in his need needed to be strengthened in God. Now, there are ways to encourage that lost people can also use. But only a believer in Jesus Christ can strengthen somebody else in God. How do you do that? Well, strengthening somebody in God is talking about fellowship. Now, this is the Old Testament, but they were believers in the Old Testament. And the New Testament calls this fellowship. And we have a special blessing of the Holy Spirit... Under the new covenant as God's people where each one of us has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within us. And so we're uniquely able to bless other people and share in that fellowship with other people. True Christian fellowship is not just talking about sports, although I like to talk about sports. Not just talking about what happened in the week, but true Christian fellowship is also applying the things of God to the situation and to the conversation. Um, it's not something that you force, but it's something that you do under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So uh, sometimes when, when I go to, to minister to somebody, I share a scripture with them. And I go through a scripture with them in detail. Other times I may read a few verses. Sometimes I may not share a scripture at all. Sometimes I may just pray for the person, or I may fellowship with them, not on a Christian fellowship level, but just, just on a, hey, showing love to them and the sense of going to them. But, but this strengthening in God, I believe, involves probably sharing the truth of God's Word. 
The Bible says that uh, we are edified and built up through God's Word. Have you ever come across a scripture that just blessed your heart? Have you ever come across someone else who talked about a scripture that blessed your heart? Guess what that is? That's Christian fellowship. When somebody else talks about a scripture or talks about the things of God and your heart is blessed and encouraged, you have just experienced Christian fellowship. When somebody else prays for you and God ministers to you through the prayer of someone else, you've just experienced Christian fellowship. When you listen to the prayer, maybe they're praying for somebody else or praying for something else, and they don't even know you're struggling, but God speaks to you through their prayer. I've had that happen a number of times to people in this congregation. You didn't know it. And I, um, uh, several times, uh, God has spoken directly to me through the prayer of somebody else, and they didn't even know I was struggling with it. That is Christian fellowship. That, by the way, that's one reason we pray together. Did you know that? We pray to, we pray to God. God is a, the, the audience of our prayer. But in a secondary way, other people are. They prayed together in the early church. When Jesus told them to go into their closet, he wasn't saying that they couldn't pray together. He was just saying, don't sit out, stand out on a street corner like a Pharisee and, and uh, look spiritual and try to impress people. That's what Jesus was speaking against. He wasn't speaking against praying together as a body. As you pray together, you're encouraged. That's Christian fellowship. Sometimes we study the Word of God in a, in a Sunday school class or, or some other kind of Bible study, and God begins to minister to us. I've had some of the sweetest times of fellowship on Wednesday nights with God's people as we discuss God's Word. It's wonderful. And I'm lifted up. I'm the one teaching, and I'm getting lifted up. That's Christian fellowship. It goes both ways. And so, um, also, Christian fellowship happens when a Christian shares what God has laid on their heart to share. Um, sometimes God may lay somebody on your heart and may lead you to speak a word of encouragement. Um, I'll give you an example. Some of you like to send cards. Greeting cards, you know, Hallmark, um, whatever brand. But um, there have been times where I've received a card that greatly encouraged me from one of you. And I know that some of you have encouraged others through those cards because I hear about it. I'll go, to, I'll go talk to somebody and say, hey, so-and-so sent me a card. It blessed me, encouraged me. I loved it so much. Um, sometimes it might be a phone call. I have a friend in Texas, and um, I called him one day. God had just put him on my heart. And I said, hey, God put you on my heart. And I was reading a scripture this morning, and I felt like I ought to share this scripture with you, so I'm going to share it. And he said, and I hadn't talked to him in months. He said, he said that was exactly what I needed. <laughs> and he began to explain his circumstance and what he was going through and how it was a specific word that he exactly needed for his life. Um, be aware that God may use you like that. So if God puts somebody on your heart, um, 
pray for them at the very least, but, but you might also call them and tell, you, tell them you prayed for them. Uh, or if God lays something on your heart, share it. Um, sometimes God may lead you to just, just talk about something. Uh, there's a couple of times I've been riding in the car with my dad to go to lunch. Yes, I like to eat. And uh, we would be discussing something, and he'd be talking about something. He had no clue what was going on in my life. But as he was talking about that, God was ministering to me in a profound way. And he didn't, I guess maybe he just felt led to talk about it. Be aware of these things and let God use you in those ways. Uh, it, you may be surprised how God will use you to minister to the body of Christ. And so strengthened him in God. Uh, I think... Uh, Maybe he also reminded David of what had been told him in the past. David, do you remember when Samuel came to you and anointed you with oil and told you that you're going to be king? It was a word from God. Are you going to trust the word of God, David? God's not forgotten you. And he, and he just, he reminded him. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the things God has done. Sometimes just bragging about what God has done in your past the prayers that he's answered, how you carried, how he carried you through can be such a profound encouragement, and it is Christian fellowship. So, um, how do you help the struggling? Go to them. Secondly, strengthen them. Specifically, strengthen them in God. And thirdly, assure them. Assure them. Look at verse 17. Don't be afraid. You know how many times Jesus said, fear not? He assured the disciples. All of them forsook him. He said, fear not. Fear not. First thing he said every time he appeared to them. To Peter, who denied him, fear not. Tell Peter that I'm going to see him. I'm going ahead of him into Galilee. You tell him. Why? Because I'm not finished with Peter. I'm not through with him. Uh, let him be assured Jonathan says, don't be afraid, for my father Saul will never lay a hand on you. You yourself will be king over Israel. He spoke a word of encouragement to David's heart. He assured him of what God was doing in his life. You know, sometimes we lose perspective as God's people, don't we? And we forget what God is doing. My wife has done this for me before. Uh, you ever have one of those bad weeks and uh, the devil whispers in your ear, ah, what you're doing doesn't matter? And my wife is great at, great at this. She, she would, she'll say, well, look at this. God's doing this. God's doing this. God's doing this. God's doing this. Don't listen to the devil. She'll tell me that sometimes. Stop listening to him. The devil's just trying to, to get, your, get your goat. And so uh, she, that's assurance. Sometimes we need to be assured that God is working in our lives, that God is using, that he's not finished with us. Sometimes we need to be assured that we're not forgotten. I think David probably felt forgotten. God led him into the middle of the dangerous place, and he's having to travel around. Can you imagine? what? How many of you like to live out of a suitcase? Anybody? 
David is going from place to place to place to place to place because he's having to move around how old that must have gotten. I, I imagine at some point he probably thought, God, where are you? I thought this was going to happen and now I'm in a position of waiting. Have you forgotten me, God? No. God hadn't forgotten. Jonathan reminds him, David, don't fear. You're going to be king. My father's not going to be successful in killing you because God has a plan for your life. Don't be afraid. I want you to know something. If you're a child of God, the Bible says that every day of your life is written in his book. He has your hairs numbered. He knows. I've heard something recently about how many hairs fall out of your head uh, in a day. Did you know every time a hair falls out, God knows it? That's how concerned he is with the details of your life. He's not forgotten you. When, when others need that assurance, remind them of God's love for them. Also remind them of their future. One of the things I've seen, uh, one of the most discouraging times for, for people can be the time when they lose the ability to do the things they've always loved to do. And uh, a lot of times maybe they're in a nursing home or, or they're homebound. And, and uh, it's a discouraging time of life for many people. And one of the things I've noticed is that a little bit of assurance about what is yet to come can go a long way. Guess what? This life is not all there is. Are you having a tough time? Praise God. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Uh, God has a plan, and there's going to be a great resurrection someday when Jesus returns. Our physical bodies will be perfect. We'll have no sickness. Our old sin nature will be taken away. We'll be living in a place where there's no sorrow, no crying, no pain. Hallelujah! That's our future. That new earth will be a place where we can do the things we love to do. What a wonderful thing. So assure other believers when they're going through a difficult time. Helping the struggling, go to them, strengthen them, assure them, and finally support them. I love this. Verse 17, Jonathan speaking, he says, I'll be your second in command. Literally, the Hebrew says, I will be second. Think about that for a second. Here you have the king's son, King Saul's son, speaking to David, who has no, as far as, as, as uh, the way kingships normally work, has no say to the throne. But God has anointed him king. And Jonathan says, I know God's purpose for you. And, and here's, here's where I'm going to be. David, I want you to know, when you're king and I see it, I'm going to support you. I'm going to be second. I'm going to be your cheerleader. I'm going to be excited. Don't you love people like that? <laughs> Everybody's trying to step over everybody else in the world, it seems, sometimes. But there are some people, and I believe that this is a characteristic of a godly person who is willing to say, I see what God is doing in you, and I am not going to be jealous or compete with it. I want to support you in what God is doing in your life. 
Jonathan pledges his support. And, uh, of course, he's supporting David at that very moment and encouraging him the way that he's doing it, supporting others. Um, Jesus said this, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Think about that for a second. The Son of God. If anybody deserved to be served, it was Jesus. And you find him washing the feet of his disciples. And he said, this is an illustration of the spiritual. Aren't you glad that God washes us spiritually as believers in Christ and renews our fellowship with the Father? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So Jesus, Jesus is serving. He served through the teaching that he gave. He served through the ministry that he offered. He served ultimately by going to a cross. I came not to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. Jesus was being a support to us. What did Jesus tell the disciples after the foot washing? Go and do likewise. I don't think that the actual act of foot washing was what he had in mind. I think, I think he's talking about the servant spirit. Now probably they did have some opportunities in their culture to wash feet. Um, I, I had some tennis shoes that uh, when, I was, when I was a kid that were made out of a certain fabric. And my feet stunk to high heaven in those shoes. I, I, wouldn't, have, I, I wouldn't have wanted somebody else to wash my feet. But uh, I, I think what, what Christ is saying, I want you to be a servant. I want you to lay your life down for other people. What do you hear people say so often? They say, what's in it for me? Right? What's in it for me to come? to your church what's in it for me to serve in this way at church Uh, and and the focus is on what can I get rather than what can I give helping the struggling did you know there's a lot of struggling people sometimes we know about it sometimes we don't this past week I've had uh, several calls I uh, heard about several different people who've been struggling And some of them have been severely struggling. God's people need each other. If you can supply support and you can be a servant to whether through some act that you do for somebody else, maybe to encourage them or help them out, or some word that you say, do it. Support those. And when God gifts somebody in a special way at the church, don't be jealous. Support them. Uh, Dale Moody said that uh, when he he was doing a Sunday school class and and God began to bless it, um, this woman came up and said, I don't like the way you're doing that Sunday school class. It offends me what you're doing. He said, well, what are you doing uh, for Sunday school? She said, well, nothing. He said, well, in that case, I like the way I'm doing it better than the way you're not doing it. <laughs> uh, many times that's the case. People are, are sideline critics rather than servants. 
when you serve others and support others and help them become what God wants them to be. What an exciting thing. Um, I think about uh, Brother Zach who served here for a while and he and I were, were great friends. And, um, but but G- God ministered to him through you as a church, through, through me. Uh, and he has told me a number of times that that God laid a foundation for his ministry here at our church. And uh, now, whatever he's doing in ministry, you and I are a part of. Isn't that a, an exciting thought to think about? What is that? That's support. You support someone, help them become the person that God meant for them to be. By the way, that's a great thing to do for your kids. Ask God, Lord, how can I cooperate with your purpose for my child's life how can i support them in developing their gifts and their uniqueness as a human being to become all that you want them to be isn't that a great uh, great prayer and then listen to the lord and he'll guide you so uh helping the struggling how do you do it go to them strengthen them assure them and support them and as you do that God will use you in a profound way to minister to other people. Jonathan had a great role in what David became. And you will have a great role in in what other people in this church become as you minister to them, to God's glory. And one day when we get to heaven, we'll get to see how God used, used it all. That's going to be one of the exciting things about heaven, I think. That word of encouragement... How did God use that? What happened for the kingdom because of that word of encouragement? That selfless act of service, that time spent listening to somebody who's struggling, how did God use it? We'll never know until we get to heaven most of the time. But God will use it. A while back, uh, uh, a man came to the church and um, asked, uh, I've only had this happen twice in my ministry, but he asked, uh, is there somebody here who could tell me how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And, and, uh, and so uh, Becky, Becky brought him back to talk to me, and, and he gave his heart to Christ. Well, he was doing cancer treatments, and so he was up there for probably, I guess, you know, I don't know, nine, ten months, something like that. And he was coming back through, and uh, that night, it must have been a really stirring uh, discipleship training. We only had two people show up. It was me. And Philip Lawley. And uh, this man comes in and he says, hey, I just wanted to give you an update. Uh, uh, I'm now cancer free. He said, but uh, I wanted you you to know I started a Bible study up there. And 11 people gave their hearts to Christ in that Bible study. And now I'm going back to Arkansas to go to my my wife's church who prayed for me. And now she's, you know. Uh, it, it was just great, a great story about what God did, but I was, I was ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I think heaven's going to be full of stories like that. And we'll get to see all the implications of what God did just because we were obedient to help somebody who's struggling. What, a, what an exciting thing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for how you have helped us in, in so many ways. Um, God, thank you for your people. And for how they are used by you and how we are used by you to build each other up. And God, I just pray that our hearts would be open to be used. 
And God, I pray that we would be obedient as you lead us with your spirit. And that we'd use the gifts that you've given us to bless other people. Father, when others around us are struggling, help us go to them. Help us assure them. Help us strengthen them in you and support them to your glory. And Lord, especially if somebody doesn't know Jesus, help us be willing to share the message of Jesus Christ with them. And Lord, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Christ, I pray that even now you begin speaking to them and drawing them to faith in Jesus Christ.